Howdy, partners. I'll take a shot of whiskey, some water for my horse, and, of course, the newest episode of Spoiler Alert. As that uh, rough-and-tumble cowboy just said, you're listening to Spoiler Alert. Wow. Who was that cowboy? Uh, that's uh, Cowboy Jeremy. He just ran in here. And God, yeah, in and out with those uh, on his on his steed. <laughs> with a six-shooter. Oh, man, he's so beefy and manly. He stunk. <laughs> he smells bad. Smelled yeah. terrible. No, objectively, that was a that was a bad mm-hmm. smell. There was no there was nothing good about that smell. Anyway, I'm Jeremy, and I'm here in the booth today with my uh, co-host Sean. Howdy. And let me tell you, this booth isn't big enough for the two of us. It really is. I mean, like four people could fit in here comfortably, but today, not today. Unfortunately, we're swole today. <laughs> unfortunately, Sonia missed her high noon train today, so she won't be able to make this episode. But uh, we're going to wrap up our discussions of the golden age of cinema by taking a wagon train way out west, Sean. Oh. You you and I. How gonna, far is that? We're going to mount up. I don't know, but oh, I think God. I think they measure that distance in days. Yes, they do. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just to confirm, the man in black does get killed at the end, just so you know. It, uh, it happens time and time again. So, Sean, we're talking about westerns. We are. What makes a western? Oof. If you say spaghetti, I am walking out of this booth right now. <laughs> I love a plate of pasta <laughs> while I watch. What does make a Western? Well, I feel, honestly, mm-hmm. the set. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's huge. Yeah. There is um, one, usually man, against the world. Uh, just matching wits, trading bullets mm-hmm. with a gang of ruffians. <laughs> A gang or a single individual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, mm-hmm. I the the things that I've seen, if I could, if these things that I could see, good talk. <laughs> I've, I've seen only gangs this week, but that's true. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there's individuals. The Old out West there. loves a good gang. They really do. Yeah, no. You gotta uh, stick with your friends. What do I got on my list here? I got antihero because uh, they're heroes, but they're either reluctant or they don't want to be there. Yeah, you they, know, they're usually. Kind of shady and shady gents. Out for themselves. I like that you mentioned this as well because I have in quotes gunfighting, which we're going to talk about oh, because they, uh, they've all got a gun. Yeah. Well, and they're not they're not good at no one's good at this. Oh, everyone. Yeah. They're, they're all amazing, but when when it when it really starts, when push comes to shove, they miss constantly. It's a numbers game. But throughout the entire movie, they'll shoot a rain oh, right yeah. out of someone's hand. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, where were those skills later on? In yeah, the show? exactly. Uh, I've got I've got codes down here because people have codes. Codes, yeah, you know they live by code of, of ethics. Honor. Oh. Yeah, you know all sorts of things like one oh one 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 oh one. Yeah, that's okay. what I meant. Yeah, that's one. That's if one that's if one. then therefore because oh, <laughs> and of course basic plots. Yes, because you can't make it too complicated. Um, I actually was reading. Uh, a screenwriter, Frank Gruber, mm-hmm. said that there are seven plots in Westerns that you can choose from. <laughs> I am honestly surprised at seven. Do you I have know. Them? Do you have I do. There? I have okay, them written down. He's like, you can do a Union Pacific story, which is like a railroad or like a wire, a ranch story, empire, a revenge story, a cavalry story, an outlaw story, or a martial story. I would say half of them are an outlaw or a revenge story. I feel least. like a lot of them are a couple of these pushed together, mm-hmm. a martial story and a revenge story or something oh, like that. Without but also, I saw um, in the same article I was reading, they were like, there's a lot of subgenres, and then they listed so many genres, there was like... Classic Western, Acid Western, Chili Western, Electric Western, Epic Western, Spaghetti Western, as you know, mm-hmm. Singing Cowboy, Comedy Western, Fantasy, Florida, Horror, <laughs> Curry Western, uh, 
Martial mm-hmm. arts, a meat pie western, the, 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 porno, the porno western, oh. the revisionist western, the sci-fi, and the space western. All of these are sub-genres that I have never heard of. <laughs> What's, what was the Florida? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Some, <laughs> they had several films listed under there as a Florida western. Florida western. I'm looking at it. Florida western also just seems like a bank somewhere. <laughs> or maybe a, a Presumably band. Florida. Oh my God! No, and nothing this, good comes from Florida. This as is a thing. most people know. Oh my God, this is this is a. Oh, this is this is like a thing. There were several films and literature books written about like literature books, literature books. <laughs> yeah, written about Florida as sort of a Western setting. I who knew? Who Everyone's knew? in retired, presumably, and <laughs> wearing floral visors and things. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> It took me a second to get that. Joke. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I've, I've got a I've got a bad cough. But I thought I had it under control. <laughs> Jeremy's riding side saddle on this. I'm doing okay. I got two cups of water, a pocket full of halls, and I'm good to go. Are we calling those halls? No, they're candy. <laughs> <laughs> He's this got is, halls branded candy. They are halls fruit breezers. It's all I had, <laughs> and they are not cutting it. Uh, what'd you watch this week, Sean? So I watched. Um, the film High Noon, which I've heard a lot about, but have never seen. Mm-hmm. And one of some of the things I've heard about it is it's um, a great f- Western film for people that don't really like Western films. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so I decided to take the plunge. Um, it is about uh, a sh- an ex-sheriff, Gary Cooper, to be specific. Mm-hmm. He is just gets married to Gar- Grace Kelly. Um who is 21 in this film. Yeah, also. no, that is bonkers. And he is 50. Difference. <laughs> and seeing them together is shocking. It's terrifying. And there's a part where he's like teasing her and he's like, I won't let you down from here. And she's like, please do it. <laughs> and I was like, this is disturbing, actually. This is an old man threatening this child. Um, but uh, so he is retiring from being the sheriff of the town. The town loves him. Um, except that news pops in that a guy that he put away is coming back to town on the noon train and it's now like 10.30 or something. Uh. And so there, Grace Kelly's like, let's get out of town and just leave him and if he comes back and finds you're not here, he'll just leave the town alone. And Gary Cooper's like, no, I'm going to stay and see that he's put, get back on the road because the new sheriff isn't coming in until the next day. And so then he basically tries to... He goes around town asking every <laughs> citizen just to get it, and like, their dog every single person to see if they will pick up a gun and be his uh, his deputy for the day and help him run out a small group of men out of town. It's four men. There's four. Of them. There's four of them. Yeah. And every single person, some are kind of in, and but they're like, if you get a couple more, I'll be fully in. Yeah. But zero people take him up on his offer. Except for one, like, child, and he says, no, thank you, but that's nice of you to say. Mm-hmm. And so he eventually, just him and Grace Kelly greet the four on their own, and they just, <laughs> <laughs> and she has to put away her Quaker pacifist side and kill, like, two men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them she shoots square in the back, and the other she claws the eyes out. Yeah, no, she, uh... It's ooh. a, I did not expect that ending. And then as soon as they're dead... Spoiler alert, I, I'm just giving away this whole plot, but then the entire town floods back into the streets, and he angrily throws his sheriff star into the dirt, and they leave. I, w- I would be angry, too. There was, like, 
300 people in that town and not a single person not a soul would help him fight four dudes and also this film was very interesting uh and why i sort of wanted to watch it because the writer carl foreman this was during like a, the red scare and during the like um the house of un-american activities situation like mm-hmm. everyone's dro- like being called to testify to say that they're not a communist and carl foreman was called and not like nobody really stuck up for him and he kept asking people if they would testify for his character and all of these friends in hollywood that he thought were uh, would stand up for him none of them would take him up on it and so he wrote this pretty scathing like allegory (laughs) of like people of being in hollywood and nobody uh wanting to stand up for him and him have to do it himself and eventually he was run out of town he and just got in his wagon and left. Yeah. Threw and his pen down. By also someone that really headed the charge was one John Wayne, mm-hmm. who does not regret running him out of town. And and he's he also is kind of a, a shite man, yeah. Mr. John Wayne. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, he also was offered this role and backed down because he was very angry at the... You know, the script, because he was like, it's un-American, blah, 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 like all these people. <laughs> all, um, good American people wouldn't turn away their share of, like, this is not how life mm-hmm. would go. But good communist people would all work together. To be- exactly. It's so... like, how is this, like, just because it's slight, I don't even know what he's Come talking on, about. Come on, John. John doesn't know. But then Gary Cooper wins an Oscar, mm-hmm. and in a delicious twist of fate, asks John Wayne to accept it for him. <laughs> and then there's just a clip of John Wayne accepting this and saying what a stand-up guy that gary cooper is and what an amazing role it was Mm -hmm. and he's like i gotta talk to my publicist and see why i didn't get offered this role and it was like because you didn't you're a big liar yeah um but yeah this film was very interesting it the running time parallels the time in the film Mm -hmm. it's like we're all amping up to noon and we have an hour and the film basically goes through every minute by minute of him desperately trying to get people to help him out. Um, and there's also another character named, played by Katie Gerardo, who is like this, uh, a Mexican business owner. Um, oh, yeah. That's right. And she, yeah, she's just like this hotel owner who is so awesome. And she, <sighs> like, she does not take any crap from anybody. Someone, like a man in her life tries to, tries to tell her what to do she like slaps him like grinds him into the dirt uh she realizes this guy's time coming to town she sells the hotel like in a half hour gets on a train she pieces with her cash <laughs> she grace kelly's like whining to her about you know her husband and like what they're going to do and she's like a real woman would get up there and help her man out mm-hmm. and grace kelly eventually does anyway i really enjoyed uh, Helen, Mexican bombshell hotelier. Uh, how do you recall roughly how long was the actual fight? Because I remember it being very long. Long? Yeah, I thought so. Uh, it's not very long. I feel like in in the realm of people shooting at each other and rolling around and punching each other, like it's like fifteen minutes, is it not? I feel like it's like less than ten. Oh man, they just like. I think that's another reason why people were not so happy with it because the actual action that people go to see westerns for mm-hmm. is very small and 
Yeah, only four people get it. It all happens within five to ten minutes. Really? The hero doesn't even sort of, you know, he's saved by his wife. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all of these things culminated in people just not enjoying it. But I really enjoyed it. Well, it's a disappointing ending, especially in the time when, you know, everything had a happy ending or a really concise or put together ending. But uh, you did mention Jay Wayne. Yes. Or, as I like to refer to, it, refer to him, Marion Robert Morrison. Is that his name? That's his real name. Marion. Marion, yeah. Oh, I would love if it was just Marion Morrison stars in <laughs> The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. It would have been such a different... Anyway, what, why, what is this deal with John Wayne? I've never understood it my whole life. He started acting... So he started acting in Westerns, his first one... Stagecoach, 1939. Mm -hmm. And according to his Wikipedia page, he's acted in like two, like 250 films, almost half of which were Westerns. I don't know why he attaches so easily to a Western. It's kind of shocking. In, in, in later years, and I'll talk about this with some of the movies I've watched in a bit, I think I can see it. And he did become like a Western institution. Yeah. If he was in it. That was one of the set pieces you needed. It's just like now he's also now it's a western, mm -hmm. even if it's not. Um, we both watched Rio Bravo. Yes, uh, which he stars in. Yeah, actually, Rio Bravo was an sort of um, a clapback mm -hmm. to High Noon because yes. both John Wayne and Howard Hawks hated High Noon, <laughs> um, and they sort of yeah made Rio Bravo in retaliation to its un-Americanness of High Noon. Um, what did you think of Rio Bravo? It was good. It was, um, yeah, it was the exact opposite, kind of. It was a sheriff, mm -hmm. but who has ev the support of every single person yeah. he speaks to. <laughs> except all of them are a ragtag crew. Some of the people in here are uh, an old man named Stumpy, a drunk the names, God. a drunk, an old drunk named Dude, um, a young hot cowboy named Colorado, um, a con woman named Feathers, and uh, Carlos the innkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> are just a, a small amount of the crew that is working to help John Wayne, I, I don't know, save the day. Keep it together in this tiny, tiny town. Exactly. Um, Don, Dean Martin also stars with John Wayne in this. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I've never really seen Dean Martin in the film. He, oh. he is a drunk. Mm -hmm. And in real life... I think he's also a drunk. Yeah, um, no, I think he. I think they just dressed him up while he was asleep, and then he acted. Uh, I read some like that his vanity license plate for his car is just drunky, <laughs> so he really embraces his his alcoholism. Yeah, that's really that's really something. It's tough. That's, that's uh, oh my god. And also, yeah, his name is Dude, and people <laughs> on the whole film just people are like, oh hey dude, <laughs> it's very it. It's really weird. I don't. I'm not sure what dude is in reference to in Westernese. Yeah, like a, no, it's, like a dude ranch. What that's the that? only thing I can think of. Maybe, maybe he started it. Maybe, maybe he had a ranch and then dude ranch. Yeah, and then uh, that's also the name of my spread. TM. <laughs> what? <laughs> my my dressing, my salad dressing. <laughs> dude ranch. The, the dude ranch. Yes. <laughs> well, that was rough. Um, Whoa. Yeah, so you watched Real Bravo. I have, yes. And I watched it, and there were many things... I have not watched for a long time before I watched it for this. And there were many things that stood out to me uh, that I haven't noticed before. One of which 
is the similarities between it and quite a few other films. But also, yeah. it's just sort of riddled with mistakes. And uh, not only, like, there's a lot of story mistakes that just kind of don't make sense. Because it's a pretty big cast, especially for a Western. Yeah. But uh, there are a lot of sort of film things that I, I don't know if I just never noticed them before. Or, for example, the big one, I don't know if you know this, they used to film John Wayne going through tiny doors. So he looked real big and strong. Oh. And then they would have, like, actresses or other characters go through larger doors that were identical so they looked smaller. That is so much set pieces just it's, to make It's this. crazy. And they did it a lot, especially in Rio Bravo, because I noticed it a lot. Like, he changed physically inside. Just like a full A Alice bunch of times. It, it was kind of... Um, I remember it being fa more fast-paced. And it kind of seemed like all these John Wayne movies kind of seem like plays. Oh, yeah. You know, like they, they, you know, he's walking around his, what do, what do you call it? I guess with the jail cell, it's just the sheriff's office. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. And but that uh, is like the main, like the, the central perk. They all yes. just chill there. Um, yeah, they're, they're very unhurried. Uh, in fact, in this one, they take about 10 minutes in the middle for just Dean Martin and uh this like teen idol ricky nelson who plays mm -hmm. colorado they just sit around and they sing yeah. a couple songs uh i found a trailer where they're singing the song and then halfway through uh he just stops and he turns to the camera and oh hey folks i'm just uh on set here of rio bravo starring and he lists all the characters and then uh some guy's like you're in it too and it's just like what what is this? Like, I what, love tra old-timey trailers. Oh, I'm my God. Like, like, what in God's name is happening? Okay, let's show them some, some cut-up footage. Let's show them a, a full scene. And then let's have an actor directly talk to them so that they know what this movie's about and who's in it. Even, um, I think I've been texting you photos of just, like, the posters of the movies at this time, too. Yeah. And they're so misleading. Very, like, oh, my God. You look at one and you're like, this is not... A, dang thing of what this film's about <laughs> but it's just like it's got a photo a heavily like watercolored painting of a person yeah and then that it's enough to get some of the some butts and seats um okay i'm gonna move us along here while we're talking about wait sorry oh can yeah we just talk about stumpy yes <laughs> stumpy is this old man who is their sidekick and he He's like an, he has like this archetype old man voice with like the whistle, a whistling laugh, mm -hmm. and he's just like uh, every time something happens, he's just like, hey, "Well, <laughs> that, that got him out of here." <laughs> I expected every other one of his lines to just be gold, yeah, like for no reason, and then just him start dancing. But that might be Yosemite Sam. Yeah, well, he was <laughs> he was a Yosemite Sam brought to life, and in the final scene, he just starts throwing. TNT explosives. <laughs> absolutely Oof. dangerous. I just found, sure, a, found a, a rendering of Stumpy. Scary rendering. And it is loading a shotgun. Ugh. Here's the photo that it was based on, and it's it's a little more It's a little more pal life palatable. But <laughs> neither one is good. Uh, yeah, no, I just, watching it this time, I just sort of noticed all of the these problems and weird things, and... Uh, I don't know how I feel about John Wayne. I also was like, John Wayne is not very engaging in this film. No. I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of his. 
and I should have maybe watched more, but it kind of reminded me of when I uh, I haven't watched it recently, but there's a John Wayne film called McClintock, and it's kind of like the second part of this movie, but it's just him wandering around town doing stuff, and then it ends, like it was like they didn't even just a a day in the life. Anyway, I'll rewatch McClintock and I'll sheriff. bring it back to you. Um, I have to compare John Wayne to Clint Eastwood. I don't think yeah. that there's any way I can't I can't do it. The thing I've never understood. I think I was also picturing Clint Eastwood, which is why when I watched, I was like, "What the?" Well, Clint Eastwood is so cool in all of his movies, and we're going to talk about a few of those coming up because they are my favorite. But Clint Eastwood was a model at the time. Oh yeah, that that was that, that was his. So we've got Marion. <laughs> and I love you referring to him as Marion. And Clint, who is a model, as these sort of, like, gruff, manly men in these movies and all this stuff. But really, they're sort of just these beautiful, artsy men. Yeah. Right? And, like, I would not put Marion in the beautiful category. Kind of same with Gary Cooper. Yeah. He, like, he... Had a, his face was rough. he was like ooh, ooh. well I was reading he was going he had a major bleeding ulcer at the time of filming oh. so his face was always just like wincing in pain mm -hmm. and just a a bunch of mascara on the lower lie lower, <laughs> li lower, lower lid and it was a, a very garish and even Dean Martin was older in Rio Bravo yeah although Dean Martin could get it in this you film think, you think so <laughs> yeah oh baby I don't he was pretty gruff though. He's a gruff. He didn't shave for like at least two or three days for that role. Oh. But uh, I'm always drawn to Clint. You know, he's so cool. So maybe it's because he doesn't speak. Maybe it's because he's quiet. Yeah. And John Wayne just sort of yak, you oh, know, he's yakking a, away. He's a yakker. But uh, yeah, no, it's just, I, I just always sort of compare the two. And whenever I see, like, I'm just like, you're not Clint Eastwood, sir. Stop, stop even trying right mm -hmm. now. But uh, anyway, something else I, I read that I thought was interesting what? was that uh, many of these movies, they just reuse the same plot. So I thought it was interesting where you came up with the seven. Oh, yeah. Because there are several real movies. Yeah. And many of them are almost the exact same thing starring John Wayne. That, I, think I, I think it was very easy to pump these out. Yeah. And I, I, like, think, I think there was one... I, in my imagination, there's one set that you can just rent for five bucks an hour or whatever, and <laughs> you can just like, um, you know, anyone can just pump out a very quick Western, and presumably it'll make some cash. I think so. But I also think that as time went on, there was just a set, the Western set, and it just got bigger with every, you know, oh, this one needs a church, so we'll build a church. Yeah. And now in every subsequent movie, there's just a church. And uh, have you ever seen Blazing Saddles? Yeah, there's like remember that ta the part when the town breaks out of their western town and just starts barging through different Hollywood sets. Yes, yes. <laughs> just fighting each other. It's amazing. That was very confusing to me when I was a kid. But oh, I thought it was I thought it was super hilarious. I didn't understand sets. I was just <laughs> like, where? What is happening? What is what is going on in this? Um. Uh, okay. Well, I'll talk about. We're gonna we're gonna hit the break here. Uh, I'm gonna talk about some some films that I watched this week. Oh sure. Uh, one of which is True Grit, which is a John Wayne, a later John Wayne. 
you may may have seen it. It's the one with the eye patch. Well, I saw The True Grit starring oh, pop star Haley Stanfield. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe that was her. I know. It's kind of weird. But, but I liked her. Or she did great in that role. Yeah. No, absolutely. Anyway, in short, True Grit is a, a, a man kills a girl's father. She uh, hires a man to kill that man. Chaos ensues. And uh, we, you know, there's some some key lines that are said that are not mentionable on the radio, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, very colorful. Who's the Who's the young actress in that? In uh, I don't even know. In the original True Grip? Yeah, no clue. I just knew that it was John Wayne. Huh? That's that's all you need to know. Yeah, John Wayne <laughs> played both roles. <laughs> John Wayne. He slapped on a little pigtail wig and as Rooster Cogburn. Rooster. <laughs> <laughs> that's his. That's his name. That's uh, that's legitimately his name. That's a great nickname. Uh, Catherine Hepburn's in it. Kathy? Yes. Why can't I find the name of the girl? She is not listed. I... Oh, no. Crushed beneath the wheel. Watch, watch it be a young Catherine Hepburn or something <gasps> that, I, that, totally, that I totally missed. No, I couldn't be. It is killing me. I am trying to find the cast of this, and it is Google is mixing both of the movies. No, Google, come on. Don't be mixing. Don't 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 do me like that, Google. Kim Darby. Thanks, Mom. Kim Darby. <laughs> Was that the actress or the name of the girl? Mom will get back to me. Either way. <laughs> Mom's on the case. Yeah. Anyway, um it is John Wayne at his best. In in a Western setting, I would say. He's old. The best Western. Yeah. Well, might say. Yeah, I've you know how hard it is to look for stuff when you search best western. Best Western movies. It is impossible. <laughs> but um he's old, he's gruff, he's kind of He's grizzled. Yeah, he's he's not put together well. But that's kind of how I feel about John Wayne, so it really worked for the character. Yeah. He's got an eye patch. Once again here. Show you the eye patch. Oh, it's a good one. I'm showing Sean a visual of the eye patch. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's great. And I wonder if his other bajillion films have been muddled. Well, well, have muddled this picture because he did do a good one, but there's 85 other maybe less than less than, less than okay. Stellar. Yeah, but uh, you know, John John's made his whole career. Out of uh, stealing Mae me. West's walk and, <laughs> <laughs> and strutting around the desert. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're pretty close to break, so I think I'll, oh, I'll, sure. I'll take us in there. Let's, uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll, uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes. You're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Hey, Sean. Yes. Uh, do you do you happen to have the time? Uh, air horns. Has <laughs> it's game done time. It's Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who don't know, if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend all week looking for a title that these two have. These two. Oh my God! Wow. I've said this so many times. That John and Sonia have not seen. I Thank tell you. them the title. They tell me what they think it's about, and then I tell them what it's really about. Uh. As um, Sean is the only one in the booth today, yes, he will be giving both his answer and Sonya's answer. I will, I will give Sonya a chance as well. Yeah, so uh, we're going to hear that impression. So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a few, a few things here. Okay. First and foremost, this movie was made in 1970. Oh, a little later than mm-hmm. than Tom. Secondly, oh. the poster says 
Give him hell, John. John? Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm just gonna just gonna give you that. This week's title is of course Rio Lobo. Rio Lobo. Rio Lobo. Who was going first, Sean or Sonya? I'll go first. That's, <laughs> that's Sean. And then Sonya. Oh. She wanted to go first. Oh, Sorry. Man. Maybe next time, Son. Yeah. Okay, so I believe that this is about um a widow mm-hmm. um who is attempting to get started uh, a ranch in a desolate landscape um, after the death of her husband. Um, and her only sort of employees and friends and allies are an old woman and a 15-year-old boy. Um, and outlaws are coming into town mm-hmm. to take her ranch because of monies owed by her husband. Probably that's why he was murdered. You never know. And so her and her ragtag crew are trying to defend the ranch. Um, And I think John is the name of her deceased husband. (laughs) And at one point she looks at the mantle at a photo of him and says, give him hell, John. I don't know why she does that, but she does. Touching. Yeah. Sonia, what do you have to say? Um. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking. I'm not going to do it in a Sonia voice. It would be offensive. I don't know what I would even do. So I think that Sonya would believe that this is a sort of a futuristic Western, mm-hmm. like a sci-fi-ish thing, where a lonely janitor <laughs> in a building <laughs> discovers um, that he is about to be murdered by his boss <gasps> because he discovered um, a plot to do something. <laughs> this I'm not quite sure yet. We'll fix it in um, in our writers' meetings. Um, and so he steals a gun and is fighting his way floor by floor out of the building. Um, and you know, his name is John. That's where this tagline's <laughs> coming from. And it's definitely not a diehard uh, reference. <laughs> um, yeah. But the outlaw is also German. Um, <laughs> nope, nope. No? He's uh, Swiss. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Nice try, Sonia. Yeah, you guys. Sonia got pretty close. Really? Yeah, no, not in any way, shape, or form. Oh, okay. Okay, I am just gonna read the short paragraph on the Wikipedia page for this movie. Of course. There was a hint earlier in the show oh. about what this movie was. Right. Uh, it is the third Howard Hawks film. Varying the idea of a sheriff defending his office against belligerent outlaw elements in town. His office? After Rio Bravo, 1959. Right. And El Dorado, 1966. Classic. How can he be so? Both also starring, as does this one, John Wayne. Okay, John Wayne was old in Rio Bravo. Yes. <laughs> and he was probably doddering in this, old, in and this one. And they have done it now. So they've. this essentially means they made the same movie three times. Just with a little variation here and there. Just a little... Does Colorado twist. pop in? Teen Idol, Ricky Nelson? <laughs> I don't think on this one. Who do we got here? John Wayne. And that is the only name I recognize on Fair this enough. list. So, by the third iteration, maybe not as popular. This movie does, however, start with a literally off-the-rails train sequence. Ooh. Uh, where a bunch of... Union soldiers, Union? A bunch of Civil War soldiers, I'm not sure of which side, led by John Wayne, 
get their pay stolen, which is on a train by a bunch of other dudes. Oh. And it's uh, pretty great. It's I, pretty good. This like is a, a cavalry and a Union Pacific story yeah. oh. mushed together. Well, uh, and, uh, and revenge, perhaps. And it does get, like, he does become a sheriff. And, oh, that, so you know, that whole reg- and Yeah, that whole regular thing. Kind of an outlaw. Anyway, uh, Real Lobo, watch it if you haven't seen the other two. Maybe. Or at least watch it for the train sequence. Yeah. Because it's pretty good. I'll watch that. Yeah. Uh, the game is, of course, brought to you by the best theater in town, the RPL Film Theater. Yay. And in a couple weeks here, on Sunday the 24th... Oh, we'll be putting some uh, grease in our hair and... Mm-hmm. We'll be Some tinted moisturizer on our face. And Spoiler alert, we'll be hosting the Oscars. Oh, right. I forgot to tell you that, too. Viewing party. <laughs> uh, they don't have an actual host for the Oscars yet. It's us now. But now it's us. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to be at the RPL when we have this viewing party. It's a very exclusive mm-hmm. party. Uh, Only the most popular people can come. It might be you, though. Oh. Anyway, uh... Check it out at the R- on the RPL's website. They got much more info there. Oh yeah, and uh, there's a little uh, poster I made. It's a beautiful which, uh, photo. You should probably check out. It may or may not feature an Oscar with the three heads of spoiler. Alert. Well, and the weird thing is that you didn't do it in Photoshop either. That we had to pose like that. What I did? I didn't. I'm pose. Just, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> the, we, the never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we did not behind a a gold-laden man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that did not happen. Anyway, if you are just tuning in, we're talking about Westerns today. Sean, I want to talk to you. I brought this up on the show a lot. Yes. About the Japanese influence on the Western, mm-hmm. which brought us... The ramen Western? <laughs> did you <laughs> say that? Is that a... No. I feel like that was something. The ramen Western? Maybe. Gosh. I don't know. I feel like that was brought up at one point. If not, I'm crazy. I think Sonya might have said that. Could have been. But, um... Uh, no, spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. uh, made by Italian, typically Italian men, Sergio Leone. And uh, they were sort of a merger of the western as it was with John Wayne mm-hmm. and this gritty sort of style that was happening from Akira Kurosawa's movies. Uh, and it brought us movies such as Once Upon a Time in the West. Have you seen this movie? This I have not. Okay. It is probably the best western that's ever been created not yeah, the hotel and I love a best western yeah it was the mint on the that pillow continental breakfast <laughs> it's all great oh my god the cantaloupe <laughs> <laughs> um the opening scene's amazing the whole movie's amazing uh it's really sort of the source text for a lot of these later movies that are made today about what these westerns are which is what i would like to ask you about mm-hmm. what what do you think the influences are here like what has been brought forward have you seen a recent Western movie? Oh, it's tough. There's a lot of there's a lot of films that have w- these Western influences, mm-hmm. like even like Die Hard, which has like a, a very uh, pointed high noon reference in it. Absolutely, where he's like he's like John Wayne doesn't walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. It's <laughs> like it's Gary Cooper, a <laughs> hole, which is. Fully high noon, but mm-hmm. also yeah, this th- that movie is um, a single gunslinger like matching wits mm-hmm. and b- trading bullets with a group of outlaws, and also aided by like a local lawman mm-hmm. who 
you know, mm-hmm. is on the ground the whole time, yeah. but eventually does save our hero. And yeah, it's very, it is a very Western film, except that it's in L.A. or wherever they are, Chicago. In an, in an office building. In an office building. In the, in the future. In the 80s. <laughs> but um, I'm just thinking of mid-90s, The Quick and the Dead, starring Sharon Stone, where she strolls into town mm. and uh, takes part in Gene Hackman's gunfight. Uh, which is like this, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's this contest they have where they, they draw at different times of the day. And mm-hmm. then the next day, there's only like half as many people left. And then the next day, there's only oh, half as people left. I love a Sharon Stone. I should. Oh, man. I she is as well. probably, dare I say, the most attractive performance. <gasps> oh. There's a young Leonardo DiCaprio, Russell Crowe. It's an all star studded cast. Oh, my goodness. And uh, she brings the law back to that town. Spoiler alert. She brings the law. She does. She brings it back. Usually she's a bit of a, <coughs> a bit of a lawbreaker. Yeah. Well, she does that too. Oh, okay. So, um, anyway, I, I also think of, have you, did you watch The Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Uh, my roommate really enjoyed, and I should have watched it, but I was kind of sticking with the more of a, the old Hollywoody things. I didn't really dig it. He really liked it. <coughs> I'm not sure I can't argue for him or mm. against him, but why, why Why didn't you like it? Um, I think each sorts, all these little stories, mm-hmm. they're very weird. There's one about a, one, a man with no arms and no legs. Ooh, the to- very a torso. Yeah, he's a thespian, though. So The thespian torso. <laughs> he's in a wagon, and Liam Neeson drives him around. It's strange. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> that's so disturbing. I felt that each, each part of that film sort of highlighted a different sort of Western theme. Yeah. Which they all do, but usually they mix them together. And I thought by isolating them, it just sort of fell apart. Because there were people I liked, but then they either died or their part ended. And then it was just something different. Right. So, anyway, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. All right, all right. I should, I'll get it, I'll weigh in here. Mm-hmm. It has been on my list to see. And people have enjoyed. Yeah, you'll watch it at some point. Anyway, uh, the other, t- the last two things I think we have to talk about are um, impractical clothing in these Western movies and how it actually was back then. I don't know who can wear full-blown underwear in the desert, like full-body <laughs> underwear, and it's then put hot. on clothes and on top of that. put on a full-length duster over top of all that. Oh, my God. And then... If I you're, also, you're right. They always, when they get down to their skins, yeah. it's always like wrist-to-ankle yes. long johns. And then these poor women, I don't even know what's going on there. There are layers they got a lot and going layers, on. and it must be exhausting. Um, this is the thing is it's like there's no photos. Like most people that were probably alive then... Who like who was even alive around the 30s when they started making, or even earlier when they started making these films? <laughs> it's like they could have just all been wearing like shorts and flip flops for most, for what everyone knows. It just seems impractical to me. Yeah. And the other thing, and this sort of leads into it, is this whole gunfighting thing. They're all terrible at it. No one can hit anything. Well, Jeremy, mm-hmm. were there cans of Coke to shoot at? Uh, there were there were bottles of whiskey. Are you going to waste your whiskey shooting at it? I mean, it'd be an empty bottle. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but uh, it was not a good recycling program, you so know, you just got to shoot it. All these movies, you know, oh, I'm going to wear literally nothing to protect myself. 
and I'm just going to run headlong, just shooting wildly with the six bullets in my gun. By the time you're like 30, you've already outlived oh my the God. normal life expectancy. Oh. You might as well just shoot willy-nilly. Get it together, the old West. Anyway, I think that's uh, all the time we have for the Western, the yeah, Western chat. Let's say farewell to the old West. <laughs> say uh, adios. Amigo. <laughs> Sean? That felt weird coming out of my mouth. Uh-huh. Well, what you watch? I've been watching a lot. This yeah, weather like, yeah. has been making me <laughs> just perch butt to couch. No patios for Sean. No patios. It's kind of sad, but it'll be all over soon, right, guys? Someday. Um, so I was going to do a bit of a read from last week, but we didn't get a chance to do it. But I finally watched Mary Queen of Scots. Uh-huh. Which the tra- when I saw the trailer, I basically screamed because I was like, "This is going to be amazing," <laughs> and so I. But also, it, award season came, and there was not a whisper about Mary Queen of Scots. Nope. And the favorite must have just. Well, I think it kind of did. It was just like, oh, this is how this is a period film that is nailing it, and this was. I have to. It was really bad. I was very disappointed. Really? Yeah. Oh, it, it was very, it was bad writing, it was boring. The costuming was Halloween hipster. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> there was like... Uh, I'm blown away by this. Seriously. I, I did not expect this. All of Saoirse Ronan's knights are like dudes with beards and like a shoestring like headband and a bunch of like guy liner and wearing just fully like Halloween costumes. Um, the gowns were not great. Um, there was like, I liked the casting was great. There was, it was sort of a blind casting or like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, oh, all of her handmaidens would have been white. It was, there was like Latinos and, uh, like Asian actors. And so that was, I like, appreciated that, but Saoirse did fine, but she just wasn't really given anything to work with. Mm -hmm. But I think the hardest part was Margot Robbie. She only had a couple scenes actually as Queen Elizabeth, but she, I think that she really thought that she was going, she was doing a great performance for an Oscar award-winning movie. And she did do an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. Um, as, and she, you know, she's, she has the smallpox. Her face is all like covered in prosthetic. She has a prosthetic nose. She's got this major like face disease. She's giving mm-hmm. powerful speeches at the end. She is ripping off her red wig to expose like a, powdered white face like it's all exactly the trimmings to a best actress award but it was just in a (laughs) terrible film and it was it was really dark to see i i felt really bad for her um and aside from that i also watched the hulu fired fraud documentary i'm super interested i haven't been able to see it it's nice it's a like it is a companion piece to the fire documentary that netflix put out is is the other one better the netflix one? i think the netflix one is better because the hulu one actually doesn't have a ton of footage at all like netflix is full because they the f jerry media company mm-hmm. is what firefest hired so they have so much footage leading up to it mm-hmm. and then only when they weren't paid then they use that footage to make this documentary oh okay. yeah so the hulu one doesn't have a ton of footage they just have a lot of interest like great talking heads including Billy McFarland himself, which mm-hmm. 
paid, which is annoying, but it is great to see him just squirm <laughs> so hard. And he, his lip is like raw. He's chewing it constantly. And well, he, at what, like, at what point did they interview him? Like, had the other one come out? The other um, probably not. Or no, definitely okay. not. But he is, he was probably in jail at this point. <laughs> he's pretty, he's pretty thin. Ooh. He, and he just, he won't respond to anything, but he, at one point they do say like, has anyone ever called you a um, compulsive liar? And he's like, man, you guys are treating me so mean. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a pretty great scene. But he just like, <laughs> he comes off as this weird child. Like he's telling the story about how he started Magnesis. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and so I uh, ordered a big sheet of metal from China and I just cut it out and put uh, like the debit barcodes on it. And it totally worked. <laughs> and it was like, he, it, was the weirdest way to come off. He's just like is a child, but also just a nerd, and he just—he was a weird. He's a strange man. Well, that sounds. But anyway, I suggest you watch because it really it led into more of his life and why he kind of is the way he is, okay. and also into millennial culture and why it was so easy to sort why, of why it worked. Get so many people oh, in God. on it, and like yeah, like social media culture too. So in that part, it was it was really interesting. Huh. Um, and then Ooh. my third thing. Whoa. I know, I know. But no, okay. this one, I really, this is a TV series on Netflix called The Hunting of Hill do, House. Do you have to rip my heart out when she's not here? Listen, yeah, I watched several movies. And, <laughs> and we've talked about them. And we've talked about them. So. But this is, yeah, a TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a reimagining of the Shirley Jackson short story, The Hunting of Hill House. Um, and it is about a family that lived in the Hill House when they, they were, there was like five children, two parents, and the children were young. And then it flashes back and forth between their childhood um, and then leading up to something tragic that happened to their mother, but you're not quite sure yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then them as adults, where they all uh, are fully, like, they all use escapism in different ways. They, like, use drugs or, like, isolation or a lot of things. And they they don't really speak to each other. None of them speak to the father. And you kind of are piecing together what happened and why they're the way they are. Um, and so in that way, it's very interesting. Um, but then also it leads up to this like crown jewel episode in episode six where there, it is basic. They try to do, or it is one continuous shot the entire episode. And they, it is, um, the set was basically built with this episode in mind where they put the two sets side by side. So it's the first time the family has been together since they left that house. And so the two time frames are sort of merging together. Oh. And, um, and yeah, and the father like sees those children, the adults as children. So like there's an crazy scene where he's talking to the adults and the camera sort of swerves around him and when it comes back the children are standing there in their place and then the camera goes around again and then they're back and they built this set in mind with um all these hiding spots for crew and cast all whoa to sit inside and uh what am i trying to say and they prepared for 
I watched a little behind the scenes of this episode, uh-huh. and they prepared for about a month with wow. all the entire cast, like the young children included, running. It's like a, it was like a delicate choreographed dance, basically. Like <laughs> if you miss your mark, you're not there for the lighting, and then it all looks like terrible. Yeah, and there's all this just like parts where things are supposed to happen, and I think they filmed it. He said in about five big continuous shots and then they sort of weaved it together to look like one large one. Oh, cool. But it's really amazing and just like an expert piece of filmmaking. And I invite you guys to watch the series and definitely do it for that episode because it's astounding. Well, I watched one episode of this show Mm -hmm. and I, I am interested a bit but uh, as I've talked about on the show, I don't really get scared. Do you, does it happen to you? Do you like, like I'll do a jump scare, you know, yeah. like something shocking. But like I don't sit there in fear, like waiting. Yeah, it's know. it's not really. There are a couple shocking moments. Like there's a couple creepy characters that the children see, like Ben yeah. Egg Lady or Mr. Smiley is also scary. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, well, but it's not. There's not a ton of. There's not really jump scares and things like that because I, as listeners know, I'm not down with that. Well, I I must. Uh, I'll have to watch till episode six now because it's, that sounds incredible. It's really incredible. Nice. No, that sounds amazing. Um, I watched a couple movies this week that were one is related in some way, shape, or form to uh-huh. our topic. The other is not Fair in enough. any way, shape, or form. Oh. Maybe it is. It could be a Western movie. I'm going to call it related now. Um, the first was, of course, Back to the Future Part 3, uh-huh. where uh, he goes back to the Old West. Mary Steenburgen gets in there, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, what was her name? Claire, right? Claire. Claire, right? Claire, Claire Clayton. Claire Clayton. Yeah. Um, but the reason that uh, I had to I had to rewatch it for this episode to bring this up uh, was the whole scene where he tells them his name is Clint Eastwood and they laugh at his face because they think it's such a ridiculous name. <laughs> and he's deli- like Michael J. Fox is delivering with all of the gravitas it requires. And I could see someone thinking like, oh, man, this is the perfect time to use that as my fake name here in the Old West. It's Clint Eastwood. What, like, what more do you need? Right. And then all these people just immediately laugh at his like, face. That's not a real name. That's Well, no, they they just think it's ridiculous mm-hmm. because, you know. And, uh, you know, him being referred to as Mr. Eastwood. And, of course, you've seen this, right? Um, a long time ago. Okay. But uh, at the end, everyone thinks that Mr. Eastwood died uh, going into the ravine. So when he comes back to the future, it's the Eastwood ravine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Absolutely good. Obviously, everyone should watch back Back to the Future. Uh, everyone. Every single one. Every, all three parts, because they're all the best. Um, and I also watched my favorite movie, which is uh, They Live by John Carpenter, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the best, Sean. It is absolutely the best. It's aliens, you know, have taken over the world. He finds some sunglasses that lets him see the aliens, and uh, basically he goes on a killing rampage. And uh, it's not really occurred to me how sort of... Maybe it is in this way. Roddy, Roddy <laughs> Mr. Rowdy Roddy. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Is the, the main gunslinger. I mean, these mm-hmm. aliens are these, this yeah. crew of outlaws. Maybe. Keith David joins in after uh, 
Well, they have a fight in an alleyway because Keith David doesn't want to put the glasses on, and Rowdy wants him to put the glasses on. So they have a physical confrontation, the likes of which have never been seen. It's probably ten minutes overreaction to being asked to wear some glasses. (laughs) It absolutely was, but uh, it's still just the best. You know the twists, the turns, the you know who's on their side, who's not on their side. Because many humans are in league with the aliens. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. That's how they get you. But, uh, spoiler alert, in the end, I like to think Rowdy Roddy Piper frees the world and uh, turns off the broadcaster machine that hides all the aliens. <laughs> and, broadcaster uh, machine. It's, uh, it is like, the best thing about John Carpenter is that at some point they're like, you know what, John, making this, this thing is too expensive. And then he just says, okay, well, why don't we just use a thing that already exists and we'll pay somebody $20 to point at it. <laughs> and uh, that's what they do. And uh, it works every single time. Yeah. It's uh, absolutely stunning. You know, it's the best shot. I also need to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I need, need to look to... at all of Rowdy Roddy's uh, uh, yeah, well, the... acting work. Rowdy Roddy Piper was in another movie called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yes, which... that was on... Um... How did this get made? Okay. They talked did, about it. So you've seen this movie? Or at least No, I haven't. But, okay. Um I've heard about <laughs> how shocking it is. Yeah, no, it's uh I don't know how that got made. I really don't know how. <laughs> it's still it's okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like it a lot. But I shouldn't, just because it's it's totally crazy. I don't mind that an unhinged style of filmmaking. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper, un. Unhinged. Well, that's almost all the time we have today, folks. Uh, I, I I just want to take a minute to talk about uh, once again. We spoiler alert: we'll be hosting the Oscars after party viewing party. Oh, right. <laughs> I can't even get the you gotta joke get the joke right. right. You gotta get the even, joke right. Uh, I even get it at the R- RPL Film Theater. That is on the twenty fourth of February, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Do you, they've not really told us what we're doing. So I think we just get to go and... I believe that we do a quick intro, and then during the commercials, we do we chat it out, see how people are feeling, mm-hmm. how we're feeling. I'm talking the entire time. If, oh. they, if they give me my own microphone, Uh-oh. it's over. You're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a few ideas for some bits, let's say. Oh, good. Yeah, good, good. and uh, you will obviously be involved, but... Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'll I'll do these bids. <laughs> You're in. You're already in. I haven't. Oh, I just got a there. text that we're fired. <laughs> we're not doing it. Is that? Are, no, you, ser- are you serious? Yeah, it's, that? Da- it's tough <laughs> to break this to you a lot. Yeah, they we couldn't figure out a way to legally stream the Oscars, but uh, they got it anyway. Join us on the 24th. It should be loads of fun. It'll be very. Jeremy fun. is wearing a tuxedo T-shirt. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> I love. I don't know why I love those jokes, but I do. Anyway, that's all the time we have, folks. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-host, Sean, everyone here at CJTR, and to our listeners, and, of course, Sonia. Maybe next week she'll catch that train and be able to make it on time to the show. Oh, yeah. But uh, we will see her again. This show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website, or wherever you get those dang podcasts. One, Twitter, at SpoilerAlertYQR, and at in- on Instagram, at SpoilerAlertCJTR. Mm-hmm. We'll see you all next week. 
My Electric is coming up next. Bye. Bye.